Limerick Today now on 461995. New powers have been handed to the guard. The, uh, the Minister for Health signed that order uh, yesterday, which uh, will allow them uh, to find somebody who isn't adhering to social distancing or is perhaps travelling in a way that they shouldn't uh, in the run-up to or across uh, the Easter weekend. Uh, The fine could be €2,500. And there's also another provision uh, for uh, imprisonment for up to six months. Um, These are very serious powers. And even though they were passed in emergency legislation uh, a number of weeks ago by the Dáil, uh, they've only been handed over to the Gardaí in the last 24 hours. Hours. Uh, now, uh, the most senior government politician in Limerick City and County is Minister of State at the Department of Finance, Patrick O'Donovan, and he's on the line right now. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, John. And it is clear that these are serious laws, and it is clear that there was a lot of debate, and from what we're reading this morning, including at Cabinet yesterday, about handing them over. Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it has to be acknowledged that 99.99% of the people are adhering to what they've been asked to do. I mean, you you, you, you need only look at um, the road. The road is empty and people are, are adhering to it. And they're adhering to the um, the regulation in relation to staying within two kilometres and only travelling for absolute necessary business and to only be going to work if it's absolutely necessity. However, there's a cohort of people who aren't complying and who think it's funny uh, and who think that it's, you know, appropriate to be posting stuff on social media uh, and making a big skit and a big laugh out of it. And it's not appropriate and it's not funny and this is playing with people's lives. And the minister, rightly, and I had asked him previously about um, holiday homes um, and I'd say to the people of County Limerick, whether it is from the city area that had to clear uh, or some of the county areas that had to carry, you know, your holiday home will be there next year, uh, and your 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 mobile home or your holiday house will be there next year, uh, but you may not be. Uh, and this is deadly serious. And the government have decided to give the guards the power to stop people, ask them where they're going, and tell them to go home. And if they don't adhere to it, then they can be um, um, cautioned, and ultimately leading to being brought before the court with a two and a half thousand euro fine and a maximum of six years or six months in prison. So this is. This is not something um, that the government are taking uh, lightly. This is this is very serious because what we've seen up to now is we've seen in the initial stages of it, you saw people heading to parks and traffic jams and everything, and there were beaches were being inundated. Um, then you saw people, uh, you know, uh, flouting the um, social distancing online, uh, and there's still an element of that that's continuing, uh, and we saw an element of it, unfortunately, in County Limerick. Um, in the last week, which was absolutely deplorable. Um, you know, I think the, the behaviour is just idiotic. Um, the, you know, people thinking it's a big laugh uh, to go on with a barber and have their hair cut. This is not funny. This is potentially lethal, uh, what they're doing and what they've done. Um, so the powers that have been given to the guards are stringent. It's not known uh, in this country. Uh, we're certainly not used to powers of this big nature being given to the guardy. Um, but serious times require serious measures. I remember um, being with a friend of mine in Italy, in northern Italy at one stage, and they police differently over there, and we were stopped at a routine traffic checkpoint. This is long before the problems of COVID-19. And I remember a police officer with a machine gun pointing it in at us and feeling deeply, deeply 
uncomfortable about it. So it is understandable that the government have been reluctant to pass these uh, powers over. And it is also understandable that even within the cabinet, there are debates going on. Joe, when this country and, and then the continuation of democracy in this country was under threat by a group of subversives, namely the provost, um, you know, we didn't have powers of this nature. We didn't have powers of this nature to, to send people home. You did have powers where the civil authorities were backed up by the armed, uh, by the army, the defence forces, and you did have armed members of the Gardaí, but you didn't have a situation where the guards could bring you before the courts because you didn't go home. So this will tell you how serious this is. And we have a different model of policing here. We have a community model of policing, unarmed police, uh, people that generally know the community, know people. Uh, And I was listening to an earlier contributor of yours saying he had been stopped. Uh, You know, I've been stopped a number of times um, in my own locality, going to or from, um, you know, groceries and things like that. So it is very visible and it's very welcome. Uh, And it's needed um, because, you know, we will only... um, we will only be able to keep our ICU beds and our hospitals to a situation where they can manage the number of sick people. And I'm very conscious, Joe, that there are people listening to this in County who have already lost loved ones and who have loved ones that are in serious, serious physical health um, problems. But there are also people that are facing, you know, into another period of time where they can't leave their homes, you know, who may have... Um, children or young adults with intellectual disabilities who need to go out, um, you know, and the Minister for Health said this morning on another radio station, people with autism, and he's very conscious that people like that need to go out. Um, but there is there is a need for us to take this more seriously, uh, and that's why these powers have been brought in, uh, and that's why, you know, the wider community as well, and I would appeal to the wider community, if you see somebody acting inappropriately, this isn't about, you know, snitching on your neighbour. This is life and death, and we're asking people to report those people to the guards. And the guards can only work on the basis of the local information that they have. So if there's somebody that's acting inappropriately, they could have a major impact on your health, uh, and they could spread a disease to you. So I'm asking people that are listening to this, report them. Lift the phone and ring the guards. And it's not a case of, you know, oh, I don't want to do it with my neighbours. By by actually engaging with Angarda Shiakana and telling them what is going on in your local community, you could wind up saving the lives of people. And if there are Limerick people that are thinking of going to the holiday home, cleaning it out over Easter, will you, for God's sake, stay at home and forget about it? Because we'll be there next year. Right. Um, you know, right. and it'll be still standing and it'll be fine. Uh, we're trying to Minister Patrick O'Donovan. Um, the other thing is that there is what's called a sunset clause in this emergency legislation. I think it would uh, come up in November and that it would have to be uh, re-engaged by Adal right. and, and Shannon. And, and that is a, a necessary and important uh, measure to ensure this democratic accountability around these extraordinary laws. But why, in your understanding, are these particular powers only at the moment extending to Easter Sunday night? Because I think the minister, and I I spoke to him this morning about this before I came on your show, you know, he's hoping uh, that people, you know, the weather is improving now uh, and you have this Easter break uh, and there's a temptation in some people uh, to break loose and to head off to the the holiday homes. He's hoping that they won't do that. And obviously this is a reviewable situation. He'll consult with the chief medical officer uh, he'd consult with the Minister for Justice and the Garda, the Garda Commissioner and whoever else he needs to consult with. And if he needs to extend them, he can. And, you know, these powers are, some people might say, are draconian. I, I don't think they're draconian. I think they're absolutely necessary to protect the rest of the population from people who just won't behave themselves. 
Um, but no more than the offences against the state experts were brought in against a group of people who tried to destroy the state and are reviewed on an annual basis. If these powers need to be extended in November, they'll be extended. There's enough of people in the Dáil that are you know, in favour of making sure that the Minister for Health has whatever power he needs uh, to make sure that the majority, and by this I mean the vast majority of people, are protected from a very small minority. But the point is that if, if, if they can be dropped, they will be dropped. I mean, they're oh, not going to sit on the statute books for no reason. No, I mean, if, if it's a thing that we, and hopefully, please God, we will get out of this thing soon. And I mean, some European countries are already talking about relaxing controls, even though the European Centre for Disease Control has said that's not the right thing to do. And in fairness to the Chief Medical Officer here, he is taking a lot of advice and instruction from the European Centre for Disease Control. Other European countries, namely our nearest neighbour, didn't do that. Um, so look, we, we have managed, there's a huge amount of people have been bereaved in this country already. And you know, it is the numbers, uh, you know, behind those numbers there are families and it is, it is appalling and I've seen it myself um, where, you know, where I've seen close relatives uh, of mine not being able to attend family funerals and have had, you know, a situation where it's the undertaker and one another saying, you know, leaving a loved one go. It is horrific. And I think in rural areas especially, you know, we're used to having the community wrap its arms around uh, the family of somebody who has lost a loved one. Uh, and all of those people that are being bereaved now, whether it is from COVID-19 or whether it is from other circumstances, uh, are being robbed of that um, community involvement to get them through a horrific period of time. And the more that we have people who just will not conduct themselves and do what the government are saying, which is stay at home unless you have to uh, um, venture out for groceries or essential work, uh, and unless you conduct yourself, we're going to continue to have a situation where we're going to need this thing to be extended and extended and extended. And, and two other um, points briefly. One is there was some really unhelpful media reporting yesterday around um, something that came out of some think tank in the States that was utterly rubbished by the chief medical officer that suggested that we had already reached the peak of yeah. COVID-19 cases um, here. Um, we're expecting projections probably tomorrow that will give listeners uh, a sense of what may really happen here over the next few weeks. Look, with the problem is with this thing, we don't know when we're... I mean, for people that are outside of Ireland telling us what's going on in Ireland as well is just remarkable. I mean, it'll be more in their business line to try and see what's going on within the borders of their own country. We're trying to manage a situation here which we don't know what's going to happen next. But what we do know is that our ICUs uh, have been able to cope up to now. But we've already seen senior clinicians this morning talk about, you know, ICU beds in hospitals being filled. Uh, and it, it certainly at the moment is something that is very heavily concentrated in urban areas. And that's why it's easy to spread. And that's why we're asking people to stay at home. So we don't know how much worse this is going to get. Hopefully, please God, if, you know, the measures that are being taken and, you know, the national um, emergency team will make recommendations to the government as well shortly on whether or not these things need to be extended and the reasons for them. And our decision as a government will be led by clinicians. It won't be led by political expediency. It won't be led by the weather and it won't be led by people feeling, you know, it's time for us to go to the holiday home. This is lethally serious. And we're asking people, you know, Tony Houlihan is he's one of our own, he's a Limerick man. He's not making up these things, you know, just to follow in line with other European countries. He's doing it to protect our health. And if it means that we have another fortnight or another three weeks or another month of this where it is desperately uncomfortable, but if we're seeing um, people being being protected 
and there are per- people particularly vulnerable. And I, I heard the analogy, you know, he mentioned to me, it's like they said, Patrick, sitting on top of a bomb waiting for it to go off if you have the condition that I have. And, you know, when you see people online thinking that this is some sort of a joke uh, and other people not being able to attend family members' funerals, I mean, the, the contrast could not be starker. Yeah. So where we started is where, I suppose, where, where I'd like to reiterate. The powers that are being given to the guards, I welcome them, and I think that they're, they, they need to be supported by the community. Mm-hmm. So if you see anything untoward, please report it to the guard. Right. I mean, the other point is that, you know, it is quite clear, although it hasn't been formally said yet, that uh, these um, restrictions will be extended beyond Easter Sunday and for a period yeah. of time afterwards. And there is no question, and, and I think it's important to emphasise this, that people are not being asked to make very significant sacrifices, sacrifices in terms of their work, in their social lives, their family situations. You know, at the beginning of this, we were being uh, warned by people who knew that this was tough and it was a long haul and we're all starting to feel it now. Um, yeah. Joe, there's people that are coming to me, you know, in, in, and I'm trying to operate an office virtually over a mobile phone with my staff their businesses will never reopen. Their businesses are gone and they know, and they've said it to me, their businesses are gone and they will never reopen because, you know, in many cases, this thing has hit them like a sledge. Uh, so, and there are other people, I've never seen anything like the volume of people that contacted me within three or four days who lost their jobs. Like it was a, literally an avalanche of people looking for advice and they're still contacting me and they're still looking for advice. And these are people that were in ironclad jobs that were never going to be affected or impacted by it. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a whole range of other problems, uh, people that are self-isolating, who are in isolated rural areas, who are looking for support and guidance. Uh, and, you know, I was glad to be involved with the GA and, and the council at the start of the volunteer initiative and, and putting people in touch with them. People's lives have changed and changed utterly. And it was a question that was asked to me yesterday. When, when we come out of this, will Ireland ever again be the same? You know, I suppose from a rural area and the way we wrap our, ourselves around individuals at times of great celebration uh, and great grief. Will will our communities ever be the same? Will our towns and villages ever be the same? Will we ever be as flahulok with people as we have been up to now in terms of how we engage with people standing beside them at a match? You know, you know that camaraderie that we are renowned for. Will we ever be the same? And it will take a long time. You know, it will take a long time for us to build up, I suppose, a sense of safety and security within ourselves uh, and within our communities because what we have been confronted here with is something of a kind of a warlike situation which we're not used to in Ireland yeah. uh, but we will only come through it if people pull together um, And one of the things a lot of listeners are asking why are people still allowed to travel in and out of the country? Well Joe we're an island nation uh, and you know unfortunately there's a lot of Irish people that are still stranded abroad uh, and I know from, from dealing with the Peru and Guatemala and every Irish embassy in, 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 in around the world at the moment, uh, I've had dealings with them. We still need um, um, scheduled air flights to come in and out of the country because we have people um, that want to go home out of Ireland. And similarly, we have people who are trapped in other countries around the world who want to come in here. But as well as that, we have goods and services that we have to get in and out of Ireland. We still have a manufacturing base um, where people are turning up to work every day who are manufacturing essential goods uh, for other parts of the world as well. You know, we're one of the lead uh, exporters of pharmaceuticals in the world. There's a lot of people around the world that are dependent on Ireland to stay alive. So with that, you know, we are an island. In this respect, thanks be to God, we're an island because at least uh, the volume of people that are coming in and out is 
at an all-time low and we don't have a land border with somebody that can traipse in and out over us. So we have a fair idea where people are coming from and that helps as well in terms of contact tracing. But we need to make sure that, um, that we're not cut off from the rest of the world uh, in terms of getting goods and services in and getting goods and services out as well. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the number of people that are travelling in and out of Ireland, and I'm sure if you had somebody on from Shannon Airport, they would tell you, it's down to a virtual trickle. Um, you can see it. You don't need to go to an airport to see uh, that the volume of people moving around is down to a trickle. Look at any hotel uh, and, and the wallop they've gotten and look at the roads of Ireland. They're virtually empty. Uh, and they will be, unfortunately, for another period of time until we make sure that we have this virus under control. OK. All right. Minister Patrick O'Donovan, uh, Limerick Finnegale TD, thank you for talking to us this morning. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.